Go. Well, thank you, Pastor Ben, for that warm introduction this morning. I appreciate that, and I'm a mess. I can't listen to that without crying. <laughs> so I got to collect myself now. But you know what? I got to say, I think this is the best-looking congregation I've ever gotten the privilege to speak to. So you guys got that going for you. So turn to your neighbor and say, you know what? You look good today. I hope some of the youths don't get to get too friendly with each other, all right? So, but, you know, I'm so grateful to be up here today. Thank you, Pastor Ben, for the privilege of, you know, getting to speak today. But also, you know, it has been an absolute privilege and an honor to be the kids pastor at AFA. I mean, it has been and it currently is and continues to be one of life's greatest adventures. I mean, I love, like, that audio clip right there. I love getting to see the way kids worship and that they encounter and enter into the presence of God. You know, that like Pastor Ben said, how he moves here, he also moves up there. You know, that there is no junior Holy Spirit, that those kids have the Holy Spirit in them right now. You know, God wants to use them right now. And we spoke, spoke about that recently where, you know, I, I'm not one that tend to speak on miracles too often, but I felt like God led me to tell the kids, you know what, God wants to use you right now. You know, you don't have to be an adult to pray for your parents. You don't have to be an adult for pray, to pray for your friend. You can pray for people right now as long as you got a heartbeat and you got the Holy Spirit inside of you. You have power. God wants to use you, and the same goes for each and every single one of you today. So would you bow your heads and pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you just so much for your presence, God. We thank you for the privilege to be in your presence, God, to experience you day by day, Lord. Like David said, you know, I'll take one day here and then thousands elsewhere because it's so sweet, it's so wonderful to be with them, God. So, Lord, we ask that you be with us today, God, that you speak to us today, God, and help us to be attentive to your presence. And everybody said... Amen, amen, amen. Well, my name is Pastor Marco, as he said. My wife's name is Jesse. If you guys don't know me, some of you do. We moved all the way from Texas to come up here, which has been absolutely crazy. I mean, I, people would ask me before I moved up here, they're like, boy, do you know how cold it's going to be up there? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be cold. No, no, I didn't know how cold it was going to be up here. <laughs> I, I thought I knew what cold was until I moved to South Dakota, you know? And then somebody told me it was colder than Alaska, and I checked one day, and I was like, oh, man, <laughs> you know, oh, man, you know, I'll put the fear of God in you for sure, you know. But, hey, rather than run what God, ha rather than run from what God had for my life, I decided that let's approach it head on, you know. It was a bit scary. It was a bit wild. Never been to South Dakota before. Didn't know that up here they call soda pop, and they call a barbecue hot dogs and hamburgers. That's really different from where I'm from. Casseroles and salad, I don't know, some, some like that, you know. People are different. It's been understanding, you know, the culture and understanding how people are up here. But it's been fun. I love getting to know each and every single one of you, and I continue to look forward to get to know, look forward to getting to know more and more of each of you as the days continue. Because you guys are awesome, and I really love you guys. You guys are amazing. I'm so grateful to have you. But you know, talking about you know moving up here, it really was a step of faith. It was not easy. I mean. I was leaving behind everything I ever knew, and, you know, even the way that people talked, I was leaving behind the word soda and barbecue, you know, <laughs> but leaving behind so much else. I'm so grateful to have my family here today. My two parents came to, for Pastor Sterling's wedding, but also didn't know I was preaching today, so I'm glad they're here, but, you know, it was, it was hard. I mean, we don't have anyone up here. Pastor Sterling was up here, and I'm so grateful to have him as a friend. He's made it so much more easy to be up here. I mean, he is such a blessing, such a great friend, such a great youth pastor, but other than that, I mean, it was, it was diff it's been difficult. It's been tough. But, you know, God didn't say he's going to call us to something comfortable. But, you know, he's going to call you to something that makes you uncomfortable. But when he calls you, he's only calling you to something he already created you to do. 
And so what we're going to get into is we're going to get into this story that talks about a physical step of faith that was taken. So if you wouldn't mind turning with me to Matthew 14, uh, verse 22, if you have your Bible say, or if you have the Bible on your phone, I think they'll also put on the screen for you. And so today's message is called, It Takes Faith. So in our story today, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go, on the other, go ahead on the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he, after he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside to himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land. Buffeted by the waves, the wind was against it. And during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the lake. I, I think about this, and I'm just like, I mean, that, I guess that, that's God for you. But, you know, what made him think, you know, oh, I'm just going to walk on the water. Then they'll be okay. You know, that won't freak him out or anything. <laughs> like, I mean... I can wait for him on the other side, but no, I'm going to walk to them. I mean, I always thought that was crazy, but continuing. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were afraid. They said, it's a ghost, and they cried out in fear. I think, yep, yeah, there we go. All right, making sure that I don't read too far ahead. But, you know, I like to read this because I know this that said Jesus immediately told them to get into the boat. And so in order to be somewhere where we God calls us to take a step of faith, we already have to be standing in obedience to what he has currently called us to. You know, where you are right now is your ministry. You know, I love telling people this, and I especially love telling people who want to be pastors or be in ministry this, that your life is the greatest platform you ever will have to preach the gospel. You may be the only Bible people ever read. You may be the only Jesus they ever meet. Your life is the greatest platform you'll ever have to preach the gospel. So where you're at right now, God wants to use you. And so, the first point in just, you know, taking a step of faith is just submitting to where he currently wants you. And I know that was hard for me because for a long time I was like, man, I really, 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 really want to be a kid's pastor. That's all I've ever wanted to do since, like, you know, growing up. I was like, I really, really want to be a kid's pastor. And I'd see people younger than me with less experience than me, and they're going to be kids pastors. And I was like, what's the deal? You know, <laughs> what am I waiting on? But I knew that God had an intention and he had a plan for where I currently was. You know, and that means that I was right where I needed to be in order to get to where he wanted me. And that's where the disciples were. They were right where they needed to be for there to be a God moment. You know, we're wondering what needs to happen in order for there to be a miracle to happen. What needs to happen in order for this to happen? What needs to happen in order for God to do this? Is we have to already be standing in obedience to where he wants us to be. And so that's my first point is, oh, I got my, my notes in my pocket. <laughs> God is setting you up. God is intentionally placing you where you are. I know when I said God is setting you up, I hope some of you think you're too excited. You know, and some of the singles. I was like, not like that, you know. Uh, God, but God is setting you up. God is placing you right where you need to be in order to answer the call that he's, he's going to bring you. God might ask you to do something unexpected where you currently are. So be prepared for whenever he's ready, you know, to call on you. Be attentive to his voice. Be open, and, be open to him. I always pray, God, make my ears open to you so I may hear from you, make my eyes open to you so I may see whatever you want me to see, make my heart open to you so I may receive whatever you want me to receive, but help me more than anything to be attentive to your presence, that I don't miss out on what you want me to do, even if it's just in a day-to-day -day routine. You know, I worked at the veterinary hospital before I worked here, and my job was scooping poop, but you know, I even then, I asked God, hey, God, in the middle of doing this, help me to be attentive to what you want me to do. 
because I didn't know what the next step could be. And you know what? God actually used me to minister to a lot of my coworkers that didn't know Jesus. You know, there was a purpose to behind where I was, even if I felt like it was insignificant. Where you are isn't insignificant. Where he, you are where he wants you to be. You're right where he wants you to be. God is divinely and strategically placing you where you are to take a step of faith. Because we all know how the story goes. If you don't, we're about to get there. It's pretty crazy. But God is setting you up to take a step of faith. And so we're going to continue on in Matthew 14, 27 through 29. Matthew 14, 27 through 29 says, But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. I just think that that is awesome. I mean, how, how crazy and incredible is that, that Peter walked on the water with Jesus. And so my next point is trust in who calls you. Because the truth is, you know, I don't think, Jesus, I don't think Peter was trusting in his own ability, but he was trusting in the credibility of who called him. You know, so often we're afraid to answer the call, what God wants for our life, because we're like, God, I don't think I could do that. I, you know, I, I don't think I have the ability, I don't think I have the capability of answering the call you want for me. But it's not about us, it's about him. You know, I, like I said, he's already created you to do what he's calling you to. You might not think you're ready for it, but when God calls you, you're ready for it. Like Moses, Moses was like, God, you got the wrong guy. Gideon was like, God, you got, you got the wrong guy. But God knew who he was calling on. We're no surprise to God. God has, has it planned since the beginning of creation, but even before then, to use you. God was intentionally, has intentionally created you to take a step of faith. Peter was encouraged and had faith and did what he did because of who called him. Like I said, let's not rest on ourselves. Let's not rest on our own ability, but let's rest on who calls us. He said, I can do this, so therefore I can do that. Because God said, I believe I can do it. And I think that's incredible. You know, I think that's the way that we should live our faith. I think we need to live in the way that says, because God said, I can do this. Because God said, I'm not going to be afraid to pray for a miracle. I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be afraid to lay hands on people. I'm not going to be afraid to answer what he has called me to. I remember, you know, moving up here. And like I said, it was answering a call. But truthfully, I was afraid. You know, I mean, who wouldn't be? I mean, it, it's leaving everything. Like I said, I'd known everything. I, I'm used to loving. You know, everybody thought that I knew down there I was going to minister in Texas. And so did I. You know, I didn't know anything different. But God had other plans. He set me up where he wanted me to take a step of faith. And whether that was, you know, in Texas or South Dakota, I think either or would have still been scary. You know, but the truth is, if God was calling me, I had an answer. You know, and I know that was hard for my family, and that was hard for me. And I remember having an intentional conversation with my parents. You know, they're like, I, you know, I don't know about South Dakota. But I said, you know, the truth is, if God is calling me, I got to go. I can't stay here. So we have to answer the call that God places on this, our life, but we have to be willing to trust him when he calls us. Because miracles only happen when we respond in obedience to what God has called us to do. Miracles don't happen when we're sitting on the sidelines. Miracles don't happen when we're just like, oh, I hope God does this. I hope you show up today. You know? But no, I believe miracles happen when we live our lives in obedience and submission to what he has called us to do. 
Because I love the story of, you know, the woman that just touched Jesus' cloak and she was healed. She just touched the hem of his garment. And it's because she said, you know, I wasn't going to wait. I wasn't going to sit on the sideline, but I was going to answer the call. I think she knew that God was like, hey, you need to get over there and you don't need to let this moment pass you by. We can't let moments pass us by. Peter didn't let that moment pass him by. He could have just stayed in the boat and waited for Jesus to come to them, but he said, no, I'm going to get over to Jesus. You know, sometimes God is waiting for us to show up as much as we're waiting for him to show up. We need to answer the call. And you know, what I like what Peter says, he's like, Lord, if it's you, call me out on the water. And you know, he's testing to see, okay, is this really Jesus or not? Because, you know, if this isn't Jesus, I'm just going to go out the boat and sink straight down. But I think, you know, in a way, we don't need to test God, but we need to trust God. Kind of like Peter said, you know, if it's you, I'm going to say, you know what, God, because of who you are, if you are who you say you are, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to answer your call. You know, I believe you can call me out on the water, so I believe when I respond to you that you're going to perform a miracle. You know, that you're going to show up in my life. That you're going to change the way things have been. That things aren't going to stay the same when you show up. We can't live our life on the sidelines, like I said. We got to live our lives in faith and not be a, being afraid to step in the faith, step in the faith boldly. Like I said, miracles don't happen when we're sitting on the sideline. Miracles happen when we're responding in obedience to what God has called us to do. You know, I love a song that I used to listen to when I was younger in church, and I said, because of who you are. And I won't sing it for you because I don't want to embarrass myself. But <laughs> I used to say, you know, because of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who you are, I give you praise. Because of who you are, I'll lift my hands and say, you know, Lord, I worship you because of who you are. But when I worship God, it can't just be with my mouth, but it has to be with my whole life. If I'm giving my life to God, I've always told people, you know, the Bible says, you know, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I just can't call on the name of the Lord and confess him as my Lord and Savior with my mouth. I've got to do it with my life. God isn't calling you to sit on the sidelines. I can't just say I'm a Christian and continue to live the way things have been. I've got to live boldly. You know, the disciples were called to follow him, but following him meant giving up everything they'd already known. Following him meant being weird sometimes. Following him meant like sticking out like a sore thumb sometimes and answering the call that may have looked strange to other people. Following him looked countercultural. Following him looked like loving people that nobody else wanted to love. Following him meant laying hands on people that nobody else would lay hands on. Because, you know, in that day, in time, they had a whole system where, like, if someone's unclean or someone has a problem with them, you know, we can't touch them. But Jesus made all the difference and said, we're going to go over there and we're going to touch those people. We're going to pray for those people. And the disciples just said, let's do it. They were a little afraid. They were a little worried. But they trusted in who called them, just like Peter. Their confidence wasn't in their own ability, but their confidence was in the credibility of who called them. So we need to live out our faith, like I said, in the way, because of who you are, I am trusting you to do this, God. The Bible is full of people who step down in faith. And it's only because they step down in faith and lift in obedience to God, we have the stories we do. If Moses, if Gideon, if any of the people in the Bible sat on the sidelines, we wouldn't have the stories we do today that inspire us. So what stories does God want to do in your life to inspire others? You know, there's even a, a great chapter in the Bible, and I'll, I'll read you some of it so you can kind of get the idea, and I'm sure you will pretty quickly because it just says the same thing. But one of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Hebrews 11, and let me see if I can flip to it real quick. I should have had it pulled up before, but that's okay. I could probably do it from memory if I need to, <laughs> but I'm not going to test my faith on that today. <laughs> there we go, there we go, there we go. 
Well, this chapter just talks about the great people of faith. That's why I love it so much. It says that, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It's knowing pretty much even if we don't see it, that God can still show up and do something. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made of what is visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, even he's now he still speaks, though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so he did not have to experience death. He would not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken... He was commended one as who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now by faith, Noah, when he warned about these things he had not seen, and holy fear built an ark to save his family. And by faith, he condemned the world and became an heir to the righteousness that comes by faith. And by faith, Abraham called to go on the place where he would later receive his inheritance and obeyed, went even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he, was a, he made his home in a promised land like a stranger in a foreign land. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him in the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city foundations whose architect and builder is God. And it keeps going and going and going and going on all these incredible people that had faith. But you know what I love? The, the awesome thing about it is it says these people pleased God. They were already standing in obedience to God, like I said. So we have to stand in obedience to God in order to step out in faith and know when he's calling us to step out in faith. And I'd like to think, how awesome would it be if not in this book, but in the book in heaven, our names are in there. It said, by faith, Vernon Rich did that. You know, by faith, Jesse did that. By faith, Pastor Ben did that. I want God to look at me when I get to heaven and be proud of my faith to name me when he lifts these, this list of people. And I think everyone in here would want the same thing, that you know what, you want to get to heaven and God say that you were someone who lived by faith. It's not our story, it's his story. So when we're not living in obedience to him, when we're not living out our faith radically, when we're just sitting on the sidelines, truthfully we're living in disobedience to God. We've got to be all in and we can't just be hard part of the way in. So we're going to continue the reading in Matthew 14, 30 through 11. All right. Immediately, oh wait, no. but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cry out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And he said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And you know, it's, my next point is don't let the wind and the waves deter you and to make you sink. You know, it was, it's easy to kind of get distracted like Peter did. You know, to take our eyes off Jesus and look at all the logistics, look at the statistics, look at all the things in this world that should make us afraid to step out in faith. Sometimes doubt comes in the mix when we see opposition maybe facing us in the call. But, you know, what I always thought was kind of weird about this story was that Jesus says, you have little faith, why did you doubt? When every other time I read about Jesus and talking about someone's faith, he always commends them, he blesses them, he's proud of them, he's excited for them. So why here does it seem like he's disappointed in Peter? 
And he even says, you know, in fact, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. So isn't little faith a good thing? You know, it, truthfully, it's not based on the amount of faith we have, but it's just based on that we have faith. You know, we don't need to have a billion tons of faith, but we just need a little faith to move a mountain. So, Jesus, why do you seem almost disappointed? But, you know, I think the truth is, is that he wasn't disappointed with him, and I think that God is more disappointed when we hear his call but don't answer and are afraid to answer rather than when we try and don't always succeed. I think that, you know, when he asked him, why did you doubt? I think it's because he believed in Peter's faith. I want you to know that God is on your side, that he believes you can make it the whole way. I think he believed in Peter. I think he thought Peter could make it all the way. He's like, Peter, you got this. I mean, we saw him on the water. He's like, that's my boy out there. He's like, you can do this. He's like, come on, man. You know, and then he saw him starting to sink. He's like, oh, 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 no. And, you know, he went up to him, and, you know, when he asked, why did you doubt? He's like, you good, man? You all right? I think he was more concerned. He was more, I don't want to say confused, but he was like, you know, I believe in your faith. So why is it that when the creator of the universe calls us, that we start to let something else speak over what he said? Why is it that we let doubt let get to us? Why is it that we let the logistics, the uh, statistics, all these sorts of things get to us when he calls us? I mean, I remember being called up here, and it's funny because I remember it's the same thing for me. I'm not, I'm also guilty of it. I remember, you know, being called up here in South Dakota. I'm like, South Dakota? I don't know. You know, and especially being called to be a kid's pastor. It's all I want to do my whole life. But when I got to that point, I remember thinking to myself, I'm kind of comfortable just being a kid's volunteer. I like just being in Texas and just serving under someone else. I was like, I, I don't think I can do this. I'm not the right person. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping the shark right now. You know, I'm making the wrong move. And I remember, you know, my wife approached me and she said, what if you're made for a time and place like this? What if you're exactly the person that God wants there right then and now? What if exactly, you're exactly the person that those kids need to hear right now? What if you're exactly the person that, you know, someone else needs to encourage them right now? You would never know if you didn't go. And it's the same thing with us. We would never know if we didn't go. We would never know if we didn't try we don't know what miracles God wants to perform when we don't even try at all. God doesn't always perform miracles, that's true. But how will we know if he wants to perform one if we don't even ask for one? If we don't even step out in faith, if we don't even step out in the authority that he's given us, how will we ever know? God is calling and he wants to use you. He wants you to take a step of faith, no matter how bold or no matter how scary it may seem. And it is scary. But like I said, our confidence can't be in our own ability. We can't look at the wind or the waves. We can't look at what people say. We can't look at what the situation says. But we have to remember who called us. Because whatever God says always happens. And he'll do abundantly more than we can ask or think when we respond to him. We can't let people, our situations, the logistics determine the way we have faith. We can't let these things to stop us from accomplishing what God calls us to do. Because we don't know what lives are going to be saved when I decide, you know, I'm going to share the gospel with someone today. It may be nerve-wracking. It may be scary. And it's not, but yeah, remember, it's also not on you. That it's not your job to perform the miracle. It's not your job to get someone saved. But it's just your job to be obedient, to take a step of faith. And I think, honestly, people often, this is one thing I always think, mistake the awkward for the impossible. Just because it's awkward 
to reach out my hand and pray for someone doesn't mean it's impossible. Just because it's awkward to talk to someone about the gospel doesn't mean it's impossible. Now, if they shrug you off or they don't care, you did your part at least, and God's doing something in them. If you don't see an immediate change, God is always planting a seed. God is always doing something through your faith. Your faith doesn't go into void. God's word doesn't go into void, so why would your faith go into void? Why would he call you to do something that has no impact, that has no matter? What God calls you to do is important. He's trusting you. He was trusting Peter to make it all the way. He's trusting you to make it all the way. He's believing in you to do it. But like I said, I think God is more disappointed when we don't try at all rather than we try and it isn't perfect. When we try and it's awkward, God's still proud of us. God's up there and he's clapping for us. He's like, look at them. Look at, look at what he's doing right there. You know, I'm freaking out internally. The same thing with speaking up here on Sunday. You know, I'm freaking out internally. But God's like, look at him. He's answering what I told him to do. You know? <laughs> but God, you know, we make God proud. No matter how awkward it may be. No matter how weird it may be. You know, no matter how much of a good job we think we did or not. We're making God proud when we answer his call. You know, I can't tell you that I'm a perfect kids pastor. I can't tell you that I was a, a better one now back then than I am now. I think I'm a better one now than I was when I started. But I was answering his call. So I know God was proud of me even if it wasn't perfect. I know God is proud of you even if it's not perfect when you answer his call. Like I said earlier, I want to get to heaven and I want God to look at me and say, man, your faith, that was awesome. Just like when he looked at people in the Bible and said, you know what, your faith has impressed me. I mean, I think that's fantastic how there's people in the Bible that Jesus met and he said it was, he was amazed by their faith. Your faith has made you well. So I guess the real question would be, what can our faith do? What is he going to use our faith to do? How many miracles won't happen just because we won't pray for them? And what are, you know, What's going to occur when we, act, when we actually try? What's going to occur when we actually take that step? Sure, Peter sunk through the water, but He's the only other person besides Jesus that, said, that, can walk, says, that can say that he walked on water. He's the only other person that can brag that I did what, God, you know, what I believe God was calling me to do in that time. You know, I'm sure the disciple, our disciples were looking at him and be like, Peter, don't do it. Don't do it. You're crazy. But, you know, he was going to trust what Jesus had called him to do. And so even if people call you crazy, even if people think you're wild, do what he calls you to do. Believe that he wants to use you for something. So, what does our, our step of faith look like? Practically, what, what, what do I want to do? What do we need to do? I mean, it's time to stop sitting on the sidelines for some of us, and it's time to say, put me in, coach. You know, I remember being in, in uh, at kids camp one time and they just had a game for the kids but I wanted to play too you know I was like put me in you know throw me throw me in there you know get me in there and that's the way we got to live out our faith I can't live on the sidelines and watch other people live out their faith and pray for people and miracles happen I got to be the one that starts to say you know what put me in God I put me in an awkward situation put me in a weird situation put me in somewhere where you're going to test me where you're going to trial me because I want to grow in my faith I want people to look at my faith and be inspired to follow you to be inspired to say, you know, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek out after you. And I can say, honestly, that's the reason why I have some of the faith I do today is because of the faith that someone else had. You know, whether it was the people in the Bible or whether it was people in my life that I knew, 
that were willing to say, I'm going to step out in faith. Even when it was weird, even when it was awkward, I've sat through some really weird prayer times. You know, we don't have to go into details. But hey, guess what? They were submitting in faith. And I want to submit in faith. So like I said, it's time to stop saying, let me sit on the sidelines. It's time to start saying, put me in, coach. If I believe that God can, he will. If he doesn't always answer my prayer, how am I going to know, like I said, if he will, if I don't try? I believe you can, God, so I will. I want to take that step of faith in my life. I don't want to live on the sidelines every day. I don't want to be afraid to, I mean, I'm going to be afraid, but I don't want to be so afraid that I, I miss my opportunity. I miss my moment to get up to heaven. And he says, you know, great job in your faith. I miss my moment where, I mean, I get up there and he's like, I did good enough, you know. I, I don't want to miss that moment where I could pray for someone they could be healed. I don't want to miss that moment where I, I, he's calling me to have the intentional conversation with someone they could get saved. I don't want to miss that moment where maybe I'm having a tough time with a relationship with someone, but he's telling me to talk to him anyways, and the relationship gets reconciled. I don't want to miss my moment. So however it looks, believing in the authority that he's given you, praying for a person, and believing that a miracle can happen, leaving that job or letting go of a relationship you know you shouldn't have, ask yourself, what kind of step, step of faith do I need to take today? Am I already standing in obedience to where he wants me to be to take that step of faith? Maybe you've heard that call of God in your life for a while now, and you feel that tug and that tug and that tug in your heart that you know is God, but you don't want to answer it. You keep going the other way. You're like, not me, God. Or no, I, I can't do that. But today's your time. Today's your day. Lena, would you mind coming up here? Today is your moment. Don't let it pass you by. Don't let, you know, don't let it slip past you. This is God saying it's time for you to stand up. This is God saying it's time for you to answer the call, to walk on the waters. Because God isn't always going to just call you to stand on dry land. God's going to call you on the waters. He's going to call you in places where you're uncomfortable because he wants to do amazing things through something that's so uncomfortable, you know? I mean, and it's even better because then you can look at that moment and say it was all God that wasn't me because you would have never done it in the first place as yourself. God is calling you today to take a step of faith. And so maybe for some of you today, that step of faith might even look like answering the call to salvation. Maybe for a while you've been thinking, ah, you know, I'm kind of living my life on the line, you know, between Jesus and between the world. I don't know if I'm ready to fully commit yet. Or you know you're not right with God. You know you're not going to make it to heaven today. But you can hear the call of God in your life. You know that he's calling you to step out in faith. So maybe your step of faith today is just answering the call to step out in faith and say, God, I receive you as my Savior. I receive you as my Lord. I'm going to give my life to you. So with every eye closed and head bowed, I'd ask that, you know, if you say, I, I feel like I need to take a step of faith today, you know, maybe letting go of a relationship, maybe stepping out and trusting that God can do a miracle, maybe just even leaving that job I know I'm not supposed to be at or going to do that job that I know that God wants me to do. 
I'd ask that if you feel like there's a tug on your heart, you know you're supposed to do something, but you've been avoiding it, or maybe you feel a tug on your heart now that God is implanting something in your brain in your heart that you know you're supposed to do that you've been avoiding, I want you to raise your hand and say, you know what, I need to take that step of faith today, and I want to pray for you. And though maybe even raising your hand might be a step of faith for some of you. I know it can be scary. You don't want to admit your faults. You don't want to admit your flaws. But I don't want you to miss out on this opportunity that God has for you, that he's calling you to step out in faith. He's calling you not to be afraid, but to trust in him, to trust in his credibility that, hey, if I call you, you're going to make it through. So right now I'm going to pray for you if you have your hand raised. Dear Father, we pray for these different individuals, God, that you, they feel the call in their life to step out in faith. They know that there's that they're not supposed to stand on the sidelines anymore. They know that that you're waiting on them, God. They know that, you know, you've been tugging on their hearts. They know that what they're doing, maybe they're not in the right place they're supposed to be. Maybe they're, they are in the right place they're supposed to be, but they haven't stepped out in faith yet and they hear a call in their life, God. We ask that you just give them courage. You, you empower them, God. You strengthen them. You help them believe in you and to trust in you, you know that, and submit to you and know that you are Lord. Whatever you say is true, that it doesn't, we don't have to be afraid of it being awkward. We don't have to be afraid of it being abnormal. We don't have to be afraid of it being strange. But that you're calling us to something greater and something grander. That our current trials aren't worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. Our current trials aren't worth comparing to the glory that he'll do if we step up in faith. So God, we're trusting you today, God. We're trusting that you're going to use us when we say, God, I believe you're calling me on the waters. I'm going to step out. Even if it isn't perfect, even if it's awkward, even if it's strange, God, I believe that you want to use me. So God, we're believing in you today, God. Thank you for answering our call. Thank you for answering our prayers. In your name we pray, amen. Now, if there's anyone in the room that feels like, you know what, I, I want to give my life to Christ today. I feel like that's the call that he has on my life. That it's not a deep, you know, it's not, it's not a step to walk out on the water yet, but it's just a step to get started. It's a step to say yes to God. It's a step to stop walking, you know, stop walking the wrong way, but to sit my life before Christ, to call him my Lord and Savior. So if everyone could bow their heads and close their eyes again, if you feel like, you know, I need to give my life to Christ today. I've been running from him for a long time. That today's my day. I know he's calling on me. I know he's tugging in my heart. I, my heart feels heavy. Would you raise your hand if you feel like you need to give your life to Christ today? His arms are right open and ready for you. You don't have to be afraid of him. You don't have to be scared of the judgment. God wants you. He wants to build a relationship with you because he loves you. He sent his son down to die on the cross for you that, so you wouldn't have to go to hell, but that you could go to heaven when you call him as your Lord and Savior. So right now I'm going to pray for those who feel like, you know what, I need Christ in my life. Dear Father, we pray for those that need Christ in your life. And we ask that, Lord, you just fill them up, God, that they wouldn't be afraid to step in the calling that you have in our lives just to submit to you, just to believe in you, just to accept you as your Lord and Savior. And we know it can be scary. It's a different walk of life. It's different roots. It's a different routine. But, God, you want relationship with them. God, you want to know them. You want them to know you. God, you want to do something awesome in their life. You want to do something miraculous in their life, God. Lord, there's miracles that you want to perform through them, God. There's ministry that you want to do through them, God. So, Lord, we ask right now, Lord, that they would feel bold to answer the call of their, in their life, God. They wouldn't let today pass by. They would know that today is their day to step into what you have called them to. God, help them to know that you love them, that you care for them so much, Lord, that you don't want to see them go to hell, Lord, but you want them to spend eternity with you in heaven. God, we pray this in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor Ben, do you want to take the mic? 
you, Pastor Marco, for that, that challenging word. The challenging word. And, you know, today, it's reassuring knowing that, that God has us where he needs us. You may think, why am I here? But he's got you here for a reason. And today's your moment. He's calling you to step out of the boat. Pastor Marco closed with that, that question of what, what step of faith do you need to take? Today, maybe your first step just needs to be to step down to this altar. Maybe it needs to say, all right, God, I'm, I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to trust in you. And watch as we take that step that God will reveal the next one and the next one and the next one. So would you stand with me? We're just going to close with the song, I, I think, Holy Spirit. And uh, this is your chance. I, I encourage you. I challenge you. If, if God's speaking to you, come down to the altar during this time. Come take that step of faith. Sometimes when we, we physically move our body, something moves in the spiritual. So I challenge you, take a physical step today. Be somebody down here to pray with you as well. And, and so we're, we're just going to go to this song. We're just going to go to the Holy Spirit. And when we're done, you're, feel free to be dismissed. Uh, but I, I challenge you, take a step of faith this morning. Jesus, we, we trust in you. We delight ourselves in you. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would move in this place. God, I pray that you would challenge us to not stay in the boat, but God, that we would get out of the boat. That we wouldn't worry about, uh, again, the logistics or the statistics. We wouldn't worry about the winds or the waves. But God, we would keep our eyes on you. God, that we are thankful that our creator, God, our creator is calling us today. And we don't need to stay in the boat any longer. We need to get out of the sidelines and get into the game because that's where the miracles take place. So Lord, may we be faithful to follow your call today. In the name of Jesus. Worship team, would you lead us? There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence I've tasted and seen Of the sweetest of loves When my heart becomes free And my shame is undone Your presence
Fill the air. 